This is the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast, episode 24, How to Care for Your Cut Flowers and Gardening Jobs and Plants of Interest for March. Plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs. Hello and welcome to the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast with me, Richard Farrer. And me, Sue Mack. This is the podcast to help you get the very best out of your garden with our regular features such as jobs to do in the garden and plants of note for this time of year. Coming up in this episode, we will talk about how to care for your cut flowers. Our plant of the month for March is Anemone blander white splendor, which is sometimes called a winter wind flower or wood anemone. We have jobs to do in the garden and the vegetable garden. Our plants of note for March are Magnolia black tulip and Burginia overture, which is also sometimes called elephant's ears. We're now into March. March, I think, officially heralds the start of spring, at least in theory anyway. can be a little bit cold. However, in reality, this month can be a slow transition from winter to spring, depending on what the weather's like. Hardened gardeners will no doubt have been pottering around in the garden all winter, but most of us, I guess, will just venture out this month when the weather improves and the soil warms up. We haven't really been out in the winter, Sue, have we? No, not really. It's too cold still. I think we're fair. Cold and damp, and I'm still enjoying my warmth from South Africa. <laughs> fair weather gardeners. Yes, you've just got back from your five-week annual trip to South Africa. I have indeed, and I did manage to get to Kirsten Bosch Gardens, and hopefully we've got a few interviews lined up there. That was amazing. What a beautiful day, and you just appreciate the hardness of the flowers there, I think. Very different to here. They are very, very different, aren't they? Mm. Like the protea, isn't that the national flower of South Africa? Yes, that is the national flower and grows mainly in the Cape area. Not one of my favourite, I must say. It is prehistoric, isn't it? It does look it, doesn't it? You can imagine the dinosaurs wandering around and those things being around. Because I think they have been around since the dinosaurs, I believe they? so, yeah. yeah. They, they certainly look it. And, and some plants do survive that sort of period, don't they? Exactly. It is an amazing flower, but I think if you tried to grow it in the UK here, it would have to be in a greenhouse, oh, heated definitely. greenhouse or inside, yeah. wouldn't it? Wouldn't survive outside. No. It is an amazing flower because it is very different, but I couldn't say it's beautiful. It's, no. It's different. Yeah, very interesting, structural, architectural, mm. but not something you put in no, your garden. No, no, not at all. Well, not all flowers are like that, aren't they? There's so many flowers across the, well, the world exactly. and the globe. And a lot of people, you know, they do do the proteas as cut flowers and they're very, very popular to buy. And especially people going to Cape Town on holiday, they always get their bunch of proteas at the airport and take them back to wherever they're going in South Africa because they're all, known to be the Cape flowers. Synonymous with Cape Town. Cape Town. We always see them at the Chelsea Flower Show. Kirsten Bosch Gardens regularly exhibit there and the protea is pride of place in their exhibit, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They are very proud of it. A stunning it? flower. 
Well, here in the UK, the bulbs are beginning to stick their heads up, aren't they? Oh, we have the snowdrops coming out, Galanthus nivalis. We've just been to Anglesey Abbey again. We go there quite regularly. They have a winter garden, and we've seen all snowdrops. The daffodils, Narcissi, are just beginning to poke their leaves up. A few have flowered. There were some flowering as early as January there, weren't they? Yes, apparently. Because I said to you, look at those. They look as if they've been and done yeah, already. very bizarre. Must have been in the sheltered spot. Very sheltered. But they're opening up in the village now as well. And we went for a walk uh, about a week ago, didn't we? And underneath an old deciduous tree, you saw a whole array of the snowdrops. And in amongst the snowdrops was this beautiful little yellow flower, very much like the buttercup. And it turns out this was called the winter aconite. That's its common name, or the Latin name is Aranthus hyamalis. It is actually a member of the buttercup family, and it has the AGM Award of Garden Merit from the RHS. It works really well with the white of the oh, snowdrop, doesn't it? beautiful. Very pretty. So I thought this month we'd talk a little bit about how to care for your cut flowers. Now this was spurred by February the 14th, which is Valentine's Day, and Sue bought me a lovely little rose to stick in the vase. But after one day, it didn't look very healthy, did it? No, it was dying. It was, it was unhappy, dying. unhappy, it was drooping, and I was very disappointed. So I suggested we stick a teaspoon of sugar in the vase. And I did. And it perked up, didn't it? Yeah, it took a whole day to perk up, though. There's that whole day, it was sad. And then the next morning I looked at it and it was like standing up straight and happy. So it made a big difference, but it took a while to have an effect. Now, when you get cut flowers from shops and florists, quite often you get a little packet of powder that you can put in with the water with the flowers. Now, this contains a few different ingredients, but... You can mimic this yourself. So, how to care for your cut flowers? The first thing you need to do is, when you cut them, it's best to cut them underwater. The reason for this is, as soon as you cut the stems, you can get air blocks in the little tubes in the stems. And if you've got an air block in there, it can't then pull up any more water. So if you cut them underwater with a pair of sharp secateurs or a knife, don't use scissors because they'll squash the stems and damage the vascular system of the flower, this will mean you won't get any air into the stems at all and they should be able to pull water up. So that's the first thing because you don't want them drooping. Secondly, if you cut them at an angle, this increases the surface area of the cut and improves the take-up of water. And it's probably a good idea to cut them every few days because the wound can get a little bit clogged up. Also, use lukewarm water for most flowers, apart from bulbs like tulips which tend to prefer cold water and also remove any leaves that would be underwater by taking these off it retards bacterial growth now feeding we talked about this you add sucrose which is plain granulated sugar to feed the plant in normal life they photosynthesize leaves produce sugar themselves but it can't really do that because it hasn't got too many leaves so we're helping out by feeding it secondly you can add some bleach now this is a biocide this kills any pathogens that might multiply and block the bottoms of the stems from taking up water so like bacteria for example this also helps to keep the water clear makes it look nice not a lot of bleach though not a lot of bleach we'll come to that in a second how much we need <laughs> to add otherwise you will kill the poor thing and also you can add some lemon juice to acidify the water. This again helps the plant to uptake the water from the vase. So how much do we add? Good question, Sue. So for one litre, or if you're imperial, one quart of lukewarm water, you add one teaspoon of sugar, 
one teaspoon of household bleach and two teaspoons of lemon juice or lime juice, both are acidic. Keep the cut flowers away from fruit, which produce ethylene, particularly bananas, and this causes flowers to age and they'll fall off faster. And finally, keep out of direct sunlight or near radiators or vents, because that will increase airflow and transpiration from the leaves and they'll lose more water. So we didn't do all of that, we just added no, some sugar didn't. and that made a massive difference. The water did get a little bit cloudy, but it just goes to show a little bit of thought and very cheap household products, you can make your cut flowers last a lot longer. Yes, and actually it is worth trying because you tend to buy flowers from the supermarket and the next day they look sad already. And with a little bit of effort, you can get them lasting a couple of weeks and it doesn't take that much to do, just a bit of forethought. I'm going to try that in future then. So Definitely. I just need some flowers now. You just need some flowers. Is that a subtle hint? Definitely. Buy me some flowers, Richard. Yeah, I want to try this new um, technique that you've put out there. I'll have to try it. So, Well, I think it's very simple. Just oh, yes. sugar, bleach, bleach lemon, and lemon juice. juice. Or lime juice, you yeah. say. Yeah. Now, our plant of the month for March is an enemy blander white splendor, sometimes called winter windflower or wood anemone. It is a fully hardy, deciduous, herbaceous perennial. It has the RHS hardiness scale of H4, which means it can tolerate from minus 5 down to minus 10 degrees C. Hardy in most places throughout the UK. Uh, we talked about hardiness scales in episode 22 of this podcast. Height, it can grow up to about 15 centimetres with a 15 centimetre spread, so it's a smallish plant. It prefers full sun but will tolerate partial shade, and it has the RHS Award of Garden Merit, another good one to look for. Growth rate, it's quite fast growing, it takes two to five years to achieve maturity, and it flowers from March to April. They are large, probably about four centimetre diameter pure white daisy like flowers with a yellow centre each having from about 9 to 14 strap shaped petals it does look just like a daisy on the photograph we're looking at Sue doesn't it? It does and I think I have seen that around, it's one that I do recognise. The photo belies the size of them though, 4 centimetres across is just under 2 inches those are quite big flowers aren't they and low growing I can imagine this time of year bright white would make a nice little splash in a kind of otherwise perhaps darker border yeah, all the colours start coming now, don't they? They do, yeah. The foliage is also quite attractive. It's a fern-like dark green foliage divided into three lobed toothed segments. It likes well-drained humus-rich soil or will tolerate light sandy soil. Contact with the sap, however, may cause some skin irritation, so be aware of that if you're handling them. Plant them in big groups for extra impact, and they are also useful for planting below specimen trees or at a woodland edge. Propagate by division of the tubers in summertime when the plant is dormant. Maintenance-wise, they're low maintenance, but could be subject to leaf spot, powdery mildews and smut, and may be attacked by bud and leaf eelworms, slugs and caterpillars. And we have links to this and the other plants talked about in this episode at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 24. Jobs to do in the garden. Now, jobs to do in the garden. It is getting a busier time of year. March does herald the beginning of spring. Soil's warming up and you can spend more time outside. Also feels a bit warmer. So what can you be doing in the garden this time of year? 
bedding plants. This month's seeds of half-hardy annuals for bedding displays. Hanging baskets or containers can be sown indoors, in a greenhouse, or on a sunny windowsill if you don't have a greenhouse. You can do this by filling a seed tray with seed compost. Firm it down with a flat piece of wood and water well. By firming it down, you're reducing the air spaces and helping the water to rise through capillarity so the seeds get plenty of water and moist. Seed compost is not as fertile as potting compost as the seeds themselves should have all their own food stores. Good drainage, however, is essential in seed compost. Scatter the seeds on the surface of the compost using a sieve and then cover them with a thin layer of the seed compost. Cover this with a sheet of glass or clear polythene to help keep the whole thing moist. When the seeds have germinated and produced their first pairs of leaves, carefully prick them out into individual pots or module trays and move to a slightly cooler place to begin the hardening off process. This can take a couple of weeks to harden off before they're fully suitable for going outside, but be careful of late frosts. You don't want them to get the frost while you're hardening them off, otherwise it'll probably finish them off for good. Prune shrubs to produce colourful winter stems. Certain shrubs, such as the dogwood, Cornus alba sibirica, are grown specifically for their beautiful coloured bare stems during the winter months. However, to achieve this, they do need pruning at the right time, and March is the best time to do this. And to achieve the best stem colour for next year, they should be pruned right down to about three or four buds from the base, so quite severe. But if you don't do this, you won't get any new fresh growth next year, and it's the fresh growth which gives you the bright colour. Rose and shrub pruning. Now, roses are quintessentially British, aren't they? So they are, your favourite flower. It is my favourite, and they do so well in this country. All those stately homes you go to, there's just always beds of roses, isn't there? It would be wrong if they didn't have roses. It wouldn't feel right. I know. And that where was that place we went to? It was just Down roses. Down Hertfordshire. It was, oh, a, was a garden just dedicated to the rose. And I hate to think how many different species yes. and varieties we, I think we there. need to go there again because we went last time at the end a of the season. A bit late. We and missed and it'd them, nice didn't we? Yeah. The, then when they're just all still fresh. It was a scorching day we went, oh, I it remember. Was. It was beautiful, though. So... Pruning roses. Hybrid tea roses are traditionally pruned this month. Weak and dead stems should be removed. Strong, healthy stems should be cut to about 40 centimetres above ground to an outward-facing bud. Shrub roses should be also pruned, but don't prune them as hard, only removing about one-third of their total height. If the centre of the plant is congested, remove some of the stems right down to base. gives it a bit more air and light in the centre. You can also treat patio roses and miniature roses in the same way this month. Budlia Davidii cultivars should also be pruned hard this month to about a foot or so from the bottom, 30 centimetres and other shrubs such as Acer, Nagundo, Flamingo should be pruned to produce their best fresh young foliage. We do have an article on pruning Budlia on our website and there will be links to the show notes for this episode at plantadvice.co.uk slash Episode 24. We've also just pruned our Budlia, haven't we, Sue? Yes. We're doing everything we're supposed to. Yes. Budlia's down, roses pruned. (laughs) But does that get pruned twice a year? No, the Budlia just once a year. I think we did prune it ourselves a bit back last year in summertime. 
because it just went mental and it was taken over a right. bit. But that was just to control it, not really to cut all the wood and give it a fresh start again. But it really has been hacked right down, but it'll be up. They respond, they bounce back and they grow a Even massive harsh. amount in a single season. Yeah. The more you chop them back, they seem to love it, don't they? They do. They respond really well to it. Yeah. I think in the past, I was always a bit nervous about pruning too hard. But some plants need it to prefer it, yeah. yeah. If you don't do it, they can get a bit too out of and control. And they don't, yeah, and also they, I don't think they have the same show. No, it encourages it needs, the it flowers It encourages to grow, the yeah. flowers and the growth. Very much so. Ornamental grasses can also be cut back at this time. We did those as well. We did those. <laughs> cut them right down to their base at this time uh, this month. And you should be quickly rewarded with fresh new foliage for the year ahead. So we've cut our grasses, we've pruned our roses, roses, we've done the buddlier. You haven't started planting for all your bedding plants yet, but you are thinking about that. We were looking just yesterday at some seed compost, weren't they? And we fed our roses as well, didn't we? We gave them... We put some sulphur rose on it, which is to try and keep the black spot down. We 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 suffered last year with black spot. Black spot, yes. Now, black spot is a fungus, and it can overwinter in the soil so what we're trying to do is put the sulfur down and we'll put it down in a few more weeks and on the plants themselves to prevent those spores getting up and taking hold of the plant as opposed to trying to treat it later on once it's always got once it's already got there prevention isn't it better than a cure yeah this time of year you can also be feeding container grown ericaceous shrubs that flower next month in April. Example camellia and rhododendron. This gives them a boost, encourages even more blooms. We do have a camellia. Uh, perhaps we need to give it some feed then, so Yes, that one does make a nice show. It's just outside your study window, isn't it? And it's absolutely beautiful. And we do have some ericaceous feed for them, don't we? Yes, and I think I've fed it already actually. Okay, well, if you've done that, we can take that one because, off the list. Because, yeah, that you have to feed early, don't you? Because and of you've the, got to keep it moist during winter while right. the buds are forming. Otherwise, yes, otherwise just the drop. buds fall off. Yeah. And then something we learned, which we didn't know, you've also got to deadhead them, and I didn't realise you had to deadhead them. I think it's the same with most flowers. Yeah. They respond better to deadheading and look prettier once you're removing the faded blooms. But it is beautiful. I think sometime we're going to have to probably repot it, though. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> well, it might getting have a bigger busy and bigger. Season ahead. Yes. <laughs> You can also be giving a good top dressing of well-rotted compost or manure to many plants in your garden as they come out of their winter dormancy, particularly after you've just been pruning some of the shrubs. You can split congested clumps of herbaceous plants by prising them apart with two forks or dividing with a spade. The centre of the plant will be the most tired, so just keep the outside more vigorous sections. And if the weather is good, which it hasn't been here in the UK, it's been a little bit soggy, cut the grass for the first time. Our grass is looking decidedly shaggy, but I think the ground is a little bit too damp at the moment. Okay, we so might it have is, to wait a little bit. So if we get a dry day, we can start cutting cut it, can the lawn, we? Yeah. But then Not that's too, it then, isn't it? Once you start <laughs> once cutting, you start that's going, it. That's it. Don't cut it too low, though. The first yeah. time you cut it, make sure the lawnmower is raised up and give it a chance, yeah. In the vegetable garden. In the vegetable garden, at this time of year for March, you can be planting out tubers of Jerusalem artichokes and young sea kale plants. 
garlic cloves can also be planted out this month. Garlic continues to grow in popularity, I think, perhaps because of its health benefits, so it's a good crop to consider. Your planting site should be sunny, with well-drained soil that has plenty of well-rotted organic matter added. Separate the cloves from the bulb, plant the cloves 3cm deep and about 15cm apart. Keep the site weed-free and tie the long leaves to canes to stop them snagging as they grow, and you can harvest in mid to late summer, where each clove will magically have turned into a whole bulb. Now, we planted these at the beginning in late autumn, didn't we? Yes. So they overwintered, and ours are already coming up. Perhaps ours will mature earlier. Well, they should do, shouldn't they? Because they've been... Earlier crop. Yeah, First time we've done garlic, so I'm really Yeah, interested. but they're coming along, and we do like garlic. We have a lot of it in our yeah. food, which is delicious, providing we both have it. We don't notice, do we? Well, this is it. <laughs> can be you, an antisocial. If, if you cook sensibly with garlic, you don't have to stink of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> and inside, you can be sowing seeds of tomatoes, aubergine, basil, beetroot, cabbage, cauliflower, courgette, gherkin, and lettuce. And sowing outside, you can sow broad beans onion sets or seed, spinach and Brussels sprouts this month without the need to protect from frost. If protected with cloches, you can sow seeds of peas, French beans, carrots, turnips and beetroot. Plants of Note Now, plants of note for March. The first plant we have is Magnolia Black Tulip. This is sometimes called Magnolia Cross Solangiana Black Tulip or Mag 1 and it has plant breeder rights and it's a hybrid from New Zealand. Magnolias are actually named after Pierre Magnol who was a professor in botany in the 16th century. This one is fully hardy deciduous shrub with a compact habit an average growth rate and it can grow up to 8 metres tall and 5 metres spread so a good sized plant it likes full sun or partial shade and likes moist but well drained preferably acidic to neutral soil but doesn't like wet feet so it does have to be well drained the flowers are stunning they are a deep burgundy purple tulip like flower and it flowers from March to April. They are quite big, about 15 centimetres mm. in diameter. They're beautiful. Uh, large foliage leaves on this plant as well. They are stunning. They are very iconic, are the magnolias, aren't they? Yes, one of my favourite flowers as well in the spring, the but magnolia. A, quite a big plant. We'd need a bigger garden for that one. Yes, again, we can't have everything, no. but we can admire them when they grow in other people's gardens. I think we'll have to go and find somewhere to admire but them. But I must admit, I haven't seen that colour before. That no, is it's quite a rare stunning. one, that, isn't it? It's a, well, it's a hustle, hybrid, but black tulip it is very well described, beautiful. So normally you get the traditional pink, don't you? Yeah, this very one unusual. is really vivid. Maintenance-wise, it's quite low maintenance, requires minimal pruning, but diseased or damaged or crossing branches can be pruned out in midsummer or late winter to prevent bleeding of the sap when it's not growing as much. Magnolia flower buds can be susceptible to late frosts, so shelter large-leaved species such as this one from the wind if you can. Our second plant of the month for March is Burginia overture, which is also called Elephant's ears. Aptly named elephant's ears because the leaves do look quite large, leathery affairs. They're green in summertime, but go a lovely sort of bronze, browny colour in winter. 
We saw them yesterday. We as saw well, them didn't yesterday. We? In the gardens. bronze state. Yeah, in the bronze state. So they haven't quite got to the flowering where no. they change. It looks a different plant almost. It's a fully hardy evergreen perennial, so you do get the leaves, as we say, through the winter time, a lovely bronze colour. Growth rate, it's average to fast, so it takes two to five years to maturity. They are about 30 centimetres tall and 45 centimetres spread, so a moderate size, like full sun or partial shade. Will tolerate most soil types, including clay oh, and we'll dry have to soils. Get some of those, then. So that would be good for us. <laughs> That'll We've do got well clay. in our garden. <laughs> yeah, I think that could be in the corner by the patio. Yes, that's a shady area. It's quite damp. But it is clay, so and it, it's it clay, should. Yeah. So, and it actually, it, we're it, looking for stuff in that corner, and yeah, that I think would work. It's going to give some colour all year yes. round and foliage. And then when the flowers come on it, they're kind of magenta-coloured flowers. Really bright, shooting up on stems from March to April, about this time for two months, on tall red stems. The leaves are large and leathery and flushed red, deep green oval leaves in the summertime, hence its common name, elephant's ears and these turn as we say a rich claret sort of color in the winter time so mm. interest all year round but those flower spikes i think at this time of year are really vivid aren't they i think that's a definite we have to get that when we go to the nursery okay begonia overture elephant's ears Maintenance-wise, it's low maintenance, deadhead faded flowers, as we do with most plants, and remove any of the damaged foliage in spring. And you can propagate by lifting and dividing in spring. So once we've got one going, once it's matured a bit, we we can can split it apart and have a few more. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to look for one of those then, Sue. Definitely, I like that. I do too. Nice That's one. one area in our garden that we've got a little <laughs> a space, little bit of a little space. gap that we can <laughs> squeeze a new plant in. That's the one. Cool. Right, we found something we like. And there are links to this plant and the other plants we've talked about in this episode at the show notes, uh, which you can get at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 24. So that's about it for this episode. You've joined us back again from South Africa. We had Elizabeth on last month, who I think enjoyed it. Yes, she did enjoy it. I thought I'd lost my job. She did such a good job. It was lovely to hear you had somebody while I was away. Yes, she did quite enjoy it. She went away. She decided one of the plants we talked about last month, she's going to stick in the garden. Well, you learn so much. You really do. You come across plants and there are so many plants out there. Yeah, each month by considering three different plants. I think I've learnt an awful lot from doing this. Exactly. And what we'll have to do, we'll have to put some pictures up of Kirsten Bush Gardens on the website. So if anyone's interested, they can have a look at the and if beautiful you're thinking gardens. of a holiday in South Africa. Yes, you must well visit. Well worth a visit yes, indeed. Definitely. Yes, definitely. So you can get the show notes and links from this episode at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 24 if you'd like to follow us online you can follow us on twitter at plant advice or our facebook page at facebook.com slash plant advice we're looking for the year ahead now we've made our applications with the rhs we've heard we're going to get our tickets for chelsea flower show Ooh, really looking wait. forward That's to that highlight of, of the year, year isn't it, it? Is. we love it and we always pray we have good weather we haven't done too badly no, chelsea, not chelsea hampton could be a bit more very Yes, but Elizabeth, Chelsea. who was on last month's podcast, is going to join us at Hampton this year. Oh, and she's so looking forward to she it. She is. And then we've also got Tatton Park a little bit later on as well, haven't we? Yes. Really looking forward to it. 
So we're beginning to get out in the garden here in the UK. March is definitely warming up. Spring is in the air. We're enjoying it. Looking forward to the year ahead. I hope you enjoy your garden as well. Get out there. Get digging. Put your compost on the garden. Weed. Lots to do, isn't there? It's going to get it's increasingly busy. Now because everyone's now looking forward. To, we've come out of the winter. We're all looking forward to our, okay, I had an extra summer. But, <laughs> you did. But now's the time everyone wants to get stuck in again and enjoy summer because the garden's always put on such a beautiful show. Put the effort in now, prepare the garden and reap the rewards and benefits later on. So that's all for this episode. Thanks ever so much for listening and I hope you'll listen again next month. Until then, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. This podcast was brought to you by plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs.